This edition of the ACAP Coffee Break podcast is supported by Claris Health. Claris Health is a solution-oriented partner who understands where the payment integrity industry is headed next. Claris Health's Perio is the industry's only enterprise AI-enabled payment integrity platform that maximizes health plan avoidance and recoveries at the most optimized cost. With all of your claims over payment processes, analytics, and insights at your fingertips, what goals could you reach? Find out more by visiting clarishealth.com today. Now, let's get back to the coffee break. Welcome back to the ACAP Coffee Break, a podcast from the Association for Community Affiliated Plans. Today, ACAP CEO Meg Murray speaks with Francoise Cully Trotman, CEO of Aloha Care which is one of ACAP's founding Safety Net Health Plan members. Here's Meg. Welcome to the ACAP Coffee Break podcast, and we're thrilled today to have the CEO of Aloha Care, Francoise Cully Trotman. Aloha Care was one of the founders of ACAP, uh, founded, uh, I guess the plan was founded by John McComas, and he was one of the founders of ACAP as well. So we've had a long and wonderful history with Aloha Care, and we're pleased to have Francoise with us today. Aloha, Meg, and thank you for having me. Yeah, mahalo. That's one of the words I learned when I was in Hawaii visiting Aloha Care. So we always like to start asking, what got you to health care? Why, why this field? That's an interesting question. My background is in legal and compliance. So I started my early career at J.P. Morgan Chase. And in or around 2004, 2005, um, HIPAA compliance was a priority for our healthcare clients. And because there was an initial deadline coming up. And so I was responsible along with a team for helping to define our internal HIPAA related controls. Um, things like safeguarding customer information, setting up the business associate agreements. And so I met a lot of healthcare clients and in talking with them, um, hearing their passion, I definitely caught the healthcare bug and the rest is history. Uh, compliance officers have a really broad Span um, and insight of the entire organization, um, and an effective compliance officer truly tries to understand where in your your operations the com- company is high performing, versus areas that are either emerging risk or potentially underperforming. And so, I think wearing that hat um, really prepares someone. Um, Uh, to think of the organization uh, not in a myopic way, but to think of it as this uh, whole functioning unit um, that has to deliver not just on minimum regulatory requirements, but that is trying to be a high achieving plan that meets the needs of members and providers. And so I think that gives compliance officer a unique um, lens. Uh, My other perspective is that I have worked for small uh, health plans um, particularly startups. And when you work for a startup or a smaller plan, um, there has to be flexibility. You tend to wear many hats and it's just a rich and incredible opportunity to learn more um, about how to take a health plan from um, minimally performing to a high performing plan that really delivers um, on members and providers and regulatory partners' expectations. And so what brought you to Aloha Care, since I believe you're not originally from Hawaii? That is a compelling story. So um, I had been visiting Hawaii since 2014 for this annual karate tournament with my two children. 
I love the community. There were many things here that resonated with me um, and that were similar to the way I was raised, the value system, et cetera. Um, and I really wasn't looking for a job, but I had uh, two offers. Um, one was from a company in Long Beach, a startup, sort of like an equity joint venture thing. Um, the other was a behavioral health unit. So wasn't looking for aloha care. Um, when I got home in 2016, at the end of 2016, after the karate tournament, I had a voicemail and an email from aloha care. And my, I think my first reaction was, how did they find me? Um, and they shared that they uh, leveraged certain national networks. One of it was a healthcare compliance association. And so I was offered the chief compliance officer job. Um, and I took it. It was a very easy decision because the team, the most remarkable thing is that the executive team here seemed very connected to the work that they do. Um, they were very passionate about members. And uh, that, with my love of the community, um, made it a fairly easy decision. Well, they were certainly lucky to get you. I know for um, Aloha Care sometimes has difficulty recruiting off of the mainland. So that's great that it was such a good fit for you personally and professionally. So um, tell us also what um, what uh, we know that Aloha Care has been working on social determinants of health since the beginning, 29 years ago. What, tell us about some of the initiatives that are going on there now. We are very excited about where we are in our history. Um, we also just got a new governor and a new um, state government team that is also embracing, uh, you know, this effort to address health inequities. Um, so we were founded by community health centers. We are in our 29th year of operation. Um, so we've always been rooted in the community. Uh, being a safety net plan for us is intentional. It's evident in our name and it's also perpetuated in our organizational culture. So uh, anyone that comes into our team, the expectation is set um, that we are not just a health plan um, and that like our safety net, our ACAP safety net sister plans, we have this commitment to addressing whole person care. We especially see community benefit organizations as our key partners, and they're indispensable in the work of moving Hawaii forward. Um, and so we think it's our kuleana to share our resources to strengthen the safety net that more and more people are um, coming to rely on. We are at a point now where nearly one in three uh, people in Hawaii are on Medicaid. So the last few years has emphasized that need to strengthen the safety net. Um, we have a long-standing commu commitment to community and charitable giving. And so this past year, we solidified that commitment by establishing Imualoa, which means to go forward in health and well-being. And that's our uh, charitable giving um, and grant program. It provides us with a better framework to implement our strategic goals for community giving. The focus of this was really just to simplify access to funding for community-based organizations and providers and others who have been serving um, the community and addressing social determinants of health for decades. So we did simple things like we simplified the application process. There's a website and an online portal um, so that folks can easily apply for grants, scholarships, charitable donations, and so on. Last year alone, we provided um, $1 million to more than 50 organizations and individuals who, like us, are passionate about addressing health equity and addressing the social determinants of health. 
Um, and we see many valuable programs and initiatives that our local providers, the community health centers and the nonprofit organizations um, are providing, and they just need a little support to make a great impact. So together we're moving our communities towards wellness. I also wanted to share um, with you a little bit about what we are doing as a health plan in terms of specific initiatives and programs. So Hawaii is a very unique and special place. Um, we're always called the most diverse state. Uh, we get on average um, over 250,000 visitors in our state um, on any given day. But that particular diversity and culture that makes us so unique is also intrinsic to overall wellness and how our residents access care. Um, we have notable health disparities, uh, particularly that impacts Native Hawaiians and the Pacific Islander communities. So at Aloha Care, we are very intentional about considering whether the benefits and services we are offering are culturally appropriate and whether they're meeting the specific needs of our island communities. One example is that we've customized our um, value added services or what some know as supplemental benefits to meet the needs of our members after consulting with them and listening to the community. So our Kealoha Mao program um, offers culturally responsive services that bridges the gap between Western medicine and native Hawaiian healing practices. Um, it's made up of four particular offerings. The first one is uh, Ho'oponopono, and that's all about bringing balance in relationships, um, reducing discord in the ohana, uh, helps to address spiritual, emotional behavior, and physical conflict. Um, we also have Ipona, which is a second component, and that's focused on traditional Native Hawaiian nutrient-rich diets and adjusting um, traditional foods to be healthier. Lomi Lomi is a traditional form of native Hawaiian physiology and it uses massage and stretching techniques um, to align the mind and spirit. And lastly, hula, which is uh, the most exported, I think, of the practices is a traditional form of physical movement to align health in a whole person perspective. And that's uh, very popular among our members. Um, the feedback we've gotten from the community is that just the mere respect and acknowledgement that these programs are important to how people access care and um, to how they balance daily lives with traditional healthcare uh, is very well welcomed. And so we look forward to continuing to support that and make it sustainable. We um, have a promise of hope, which is a, a successful partnership with the Hawaii Department of Education. Um, we are grateful for their willingness in a very busy time um, to work with us on this. But uh, that program pays for classes and test fees and supplies so someone can take their GED. Um, the goal is to remove cost barriers for the members that haven't been able to complete their GED for whatever reason. But we also have compelling evidence um, that we are making an incredible impact on health literacy and economic outcomes for these graduates. Um, and so that's very well aligned with helping uh, folks to address social determinants of health barriers. Um, in 2021, uh, we launched our Social Determinants of Health Transformation Plan. And it, it spans 2021 to 2026. But this is the program that we use as a framework for making sure that our efforts are sustainable and that we um, 
we stay true to the commitment to truly support those who are addressing health inequities in our community. Uh, we found out through our um, data analysis that there are three major trends uh, for our members, a high prevalence of preventable chronic medical condition, conditions, behavioral health, which is um, has accelerated uh, um, particularly during the pandemic, and then SCOH factors such as housing, lived communities, food, and financial insecurity. So the data allows us to just continue to analyze and provide a feedback loop to our care teams um, so that they can be more connected to members and they can connect those members to services in the community. So addressing these needs um, for us is a, a significant way to meet our mission, to meet our commitment to um, you know, eliminating access barriers. And so uh, we will continue to focus on that as we move forward. We're also lastly very excited about a social referral platform that we use, not just because it allows us to see that members are connected to the right services, but it is bringing community-based organizations together, promoting dialogue and allowing them to see where, one, where services are more effective than not. Um, so it's, in, in many ways, we are tr um, trying to strengthen the partnerships for like-minded partners that want to make an impact on uh, health equity. Um, we are not naive. It's not our goal to uh, cure health inequity or to be presumptuous enough to say that we can eliminate that. But working with these partners and working with partners like ACAP um, and the SEOH Founders Circle, we're hoping to make uh, drive meaningful change. Well, we greatly appreciate Aloha Care's support uh, through the Founder Circle for the new ACAP Center of SDOH Innovations. And there's a lot of wonderful learnings that are going on there. And we appreciate your sharing what you, you've been doing. So you clearly have a very big job and um, are doing great things. Um, but what do you do to relax at the end of the day um, in terms of what you're reading or a movie that you really like? Or what, what do you do to kind of decompress from the, the job of a CEO? Oh, thanks for the fun question. Um, I know I talked about, you know, feeling very connected to Hawaii. And so um, I can certainly be overzealous in my efforts to uh, make sure that I'm doing my part. Um, but my family gave me a couple of books for Christmas. And um, amongst those were Michelle Obama's The Light We Carry. And I started reading that and thoroughly enjoying that. Good. Well, we will add that to our Goodreads ACAP reading list. Uh, I have I read her first book and loved it, but I haven't read the second one. So thank you for the recommendation. And thank you for your involvement in ACAP. Thank you, Meg. I've enjoyed our conversation. And that concludes today's episode of the ACAP Coffee Break. But there's even more for you to listen to. Find and subscribe to the ACAP Coffee Break wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again to our friends at Claris Health for their support of the ACAP Coffee Break, and thanks to you for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time.